There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dr. Light Show. My name is Josh. Hope everybody is well out there. Here with Jim Price, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend. Jim hey, Price, buddy. how are you Hello. doing today? Twenty twenty four is heading doing good. upon us, man. It's Whee! what? Twenty twenty four is heading upon us. Yeah, it's coming. Well, in it's like uh, a we are we're in the election season. A lot of people I talked about, like, well, hey, what about events you got going on this and that? I said, well, you know, there's a little bit of a lull right here before we go into July and August. The year before the election, they're like, a year before? I'm like, yeah, that's when the the rallies start picking up, the events start picking up, things really start ticking off. Because here's one thing, too, people don't realize, we have off-year elections coming right now. So a lot of primaries for mayors and city councils and county commissioners and these odd little treasurer jobs, the, you know, the, the, guy, the person who has to actually do the... Voter integrity stuff, your court, your court reporter or court recorder or whatever it is, the county recorder. Different different counties have different names for the election official, and that is going on right now. So here's the thing, Josh. Have you heard about? There's some counties out there, and I say some. There's quite a few counties that have gone to all paper balloting. Have you heard about this? Uh, I, I've heard something about this. Yeah. So there's a there's a big there's a big push, and it's not being reported wildly at all. Let me tell you, there's like there's very the few uh, legacy media, the old school media that are even bothering to talk about this. Well, as these st- these counties go through and say, hey, paper ballot only, here's my theory and here's where I th- why I'm saying this this paper ballot thing is going to be a bit of a an eye-opener because we've had a lot of, we'll call it red pill moments, right? We've, caught, we've had things like the children, other things like that. And I think what we're going to find is that going into this whole... Uh, off your election, the counties that went full paper. Hey, Josh, have you ever seen an election where your guy just barely lost, or your guy just barely won by two or three percent? Have you have you seen elections like this before? I, I have. So this is an anomaly that has really been brought into the light to the in the limelight of normalcy because of the in 2099 or no, 1999 <laughs> gee many Christmas I'm good at math and stuff uh, Obama brought in the first electronic voting machines and he was the one that allowed for that to come into our country and it wasn't you know allowed it was brought into our country because it's what they want to do to take over our elections now those those electric boxes suddenly started bringing these red states into Democrat states and even quote unquote Democrat led states. I did a, a whole thing in Connecticut on how, uh, when I was doing it, I had a TV show over there on Sky 13, and I was doing, uh, I, did, I went through their election process and looked at all these different things, and I could see right when election, electronic election boxes hit their state. They were a true deep red state. Connecticut was absolutely a deep red state, up until right when the election boxes went to electronic. Now, why am I going down this big electronic voting box rabbit hole and talking about all this? Because here's what I'm going to say again. I want to go back to the beginning. A lot of counties have gone to paper ballots. No electronic ballot boxes. They're not going to do that. What I think you're going to see, and what I, what I do believe you're going to see, is the counties that went to full paper, 
you're going to go back to seeing where your candidate got 60% of the vote and their candidate got 30%. The conservative, the, the guy you really wanted, you're going to see those where you're going to see this huge step change. And I, I guys, this is just me predicting this. This is, I think we're going to see a correction. I don't think the Democrats are as big and as large as they really think they are. I don't think they're as powerful as they think they are. And what I'm saying is that when we go into this whole thing with this election, we go, oh, okay, well, there's, you know, we're going to vote really hard and this and that, but it doesn't seem to matter, so why vote? Guys, I'm telling you right now, this is the time, this off your election right now, we're getting to go into. I want you to go and vote heavily. I want you to get in there to the primary. I want you to get in there in general election. Why? Because I want you to point out to those that still use electronic machines that the votes aren't as close as they believe they are. They're not, their guy isn't losing by 2-3%. Their guy is winning by 30%. Their guy is winning by 40%. And I know 60 and 30 doesn't add up that your guy gets 60% and the other guy gets 30 because there's always those odd votes that go out to Mickey Mouse and whoever. So what I'm po- trying to point out here is I think that this, with this awakening, this, 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 this tearing back of the curtain, you know, pulling apart the uh, veil in the Holy of Holies, when we look at this whole thing with this election integrity coming up, I, think we're, I really do think we're going to see these step changes where these electronic voting boxes are going to continue to show that the election was really close and the Democrats held on. But then the states, or I'm sorry, the counties that went out to full paper – which in Arizona, there's a lot of counties that went to full paper. In fact, I think their state legislation made it a requirement that it's full paper. And I may be talking out of turn on Arizona, but I think that there's a majority There's a majority of the counties in Arizona are going full paper, if not the whole state. I know the legislation has done a lot of great work over there, even though Katie Hobbs is vetoing everything she can about election integrity, which is amazing that she supposedly believes that it was a fair and free election and everybody was – represented properly in their election, but Kerry Hobbs has actually vetoed every single election integrity bill that's come down. So the sad part of this is she has a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and yet she vetoes everything that says, hey, here's accountability. Hey, here's transparency. Hey, here's how we should do it. But that's what my analogy is. I wanted everybody to kind of think of this election a little bit differently than what you have in the past. Because I believe this paper ballot thing is going to show such a discrepancy to the electronic voting ballots that I, this whole thing is going to start falling. I think the wheels on the bus are going to start falling off. I don't know if that's... Uh, I, 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 that- wish, I, I wish that we could have a list of all the counties that have moved that way. And, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about this country is that mm-hmm. there's this, this federalist system that we have um, allows for this to occur, that the state can put in certain rules and regulations, but a county can come in and say, ah, you know what, no, we're, we're going to do it this way. And, yep. you know, it, it's it's good because I think that from 2020 onward, people began to see the compromise through technology, mm-hmm. that these machines were compromised and that the they're finally picking up the patterns of why Democrats were winning so much. And yeah. I think that, you know what? This uh, off election season with, uh, like like you said, mayors and city boards and councils and stuff like that. We're going to see just how much of an impact it actually has. So don't think that because it's in 2023 that we can just take a summer off. We have to get out there. We have to vote. We have to express our voice. Um, uh, we county, have to was it uh, school boards are going right now too. School okay, boards yeah, a big thing boards. right now. But yeah, it, yeah. It, this is this is the time. And, you know, we're coming into 2020 or 2024. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good at math either, Jim. Yeah. We're coming into oh, yeah. 2024. 
and there's there's a lot of thoughts out there, people who think something major is going to happen, that that there's probably not going to be an election, that something major is going to happen, that we're about to see some type of black swan event. Everybody feels it. Everybody knows it. Everybody can can kind of see it, especially with what's happening and ramping up between the U.S., uh, NATO, and Russia, and Ukraine. Um, China's been the silent dog for the last few months, kind of uh, laying in the backdrop there. Um, We just got warning today from NOAA of a massive uh, solar flare heading to Earth. Uh, There's a massive solar flare that's expected to hit Earth today. Uh, we've had a massive sun activity over the last few days. We had the Aurora Borealis here in Minnesota the other day. Um, Do you guys so, have to pay extra for that, or did they just include that in your taxes? No, no, that was uh, that was included in the uh, the digital screen of the flat Earth that we can see from Minnesota. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know how they did it, but I mean, they create some wonderful uh, pictures up there. Uh, there but yeah, so. We are coming into this very critical and crucial time for humanity, for the United States of America. Um, literally, the next 18 months will determine whether we rise up as a united country, as a republic, with rights and liberties and freedoms and retain sovereignty, or we usher into totalitarianism, some form of of Marxism that will dominate our country and eventually lead us into world government. We, we are in that cycle right now. It is happening, people. And in what is the most important thing is, is that I, I feel a lot of people believe that their vote doesn't count, that their vote doesn't matter. And, you know, that's why you got to position yourself before 2024 to get those paper ballots in your county do paper yeah. ballots in your county to get to get rid of the machines and to be very very vigilant on your elections i remember you know we covered the election um in 2022 on the radio mm-hmm. in new york and we had people calling up saying how they would put their uh, their card into a vote and it would spit it out two or three times before it finally accepted it and then the results were not what people expected well wow. here, here's my thoughts is that how come that was never investigated? How come nobody ever went in and did an investigation into why that was happening and what was actually happening there with the software? The reason is is because that was most likely one of the methodologies that they were using to cheat. Right. And and the same thing happened in Arizona. And so we have to get rid of these machines. We have to go back to paper ballots. We have to go back to hand counting. And, yeah, I know that sounds primitive. I know that sounds cruel, but that, that's just the case. We, we have to do this if we want to res- preserve our country. You know, when, when you have those counties that hand count ballots, what, what's the one thing that you notice? 80 to 90 well, percent of them yeah. are voting red. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that, And that's a real thing, though, folks. I mean, we think about this and it's like, oh, it's a one off here or there. But. I'm telling you, what, okay. What is the what is the art of war? Uh, when we think about how we're gonna, um, we think about the art of war. I am larger. I am larger than I am according to my enemy. I make myself seem larger, scarier, more magnificent, more this and that. Well, if you think of the art of war, I think the Democrats have been following that book for quite a while. They're larger and greater than what they really are. There's not as many of them as there is us. 
All right, we'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. Yes, sir. You know, Jim. Huh? I, I reiterate it because we are entering into this epic point of humanity. Um, we just had CPAC this last weekend. Mm hmm. And Donald Trump won the straw poll at CPAC by 85%. Now, <clears throat> what you have out there in the conservative, the, the vanilla conservative arena, is that, oh, DeSantis, oh, DeSantis. DeSantis came in third. But, but CPAC is a good indicator of where Republicans are typically aligned for the RNC primary. And Donald Trump took 85% of the vote. Now, remember that that turning point, though, is the younger. It's a younger crowd. So these are your early 20s, 30-something crowd who's really the majority there. That's what the whole uh, turning point's about with Charlie Kirk is he's bringing in the college-age kids. So think about that. The college-age kids are that fired up about Trump. Where where is the country as a whole? Well, exactly. Think about And that's what I'm trying to say is that we have these indicators of who to vote for and who not to vote for. And when Donald Trump is polling double digit, 22 percent higher than Ron DeSantis, when he wins 85 percent at the the CPAC straw poll, you have to understand that. This man is going to win in 2024, hands down. Right. Okay. In a legitimate election. But they're not going to allow it to be a legitimate election, if they even allow an election at all. You know, right now we had last night, there was a Ukrainian attack on a Crimean bridge last night. Um, They killed two people, injured a small child, and damaged the bridge. Um this is a provocative attack on Crimea. Um, Ukraine is getting absolutely slaughtered. And I hate to say that because, you know, this is a sad state of affairs for the Ukrainian people, for the good people of Ukraine, the, the, the good ones out there who are, you know, just trying to live and survive in a country maybe they love. It's unfortunate that Ukraine is going through this right now, but their government has been corrupted. It was formulated by a coup in 2014 by the U.S. And, uh, you know, Russia is being very, very, I would say, non-aggressive, that they're just trying to secure the Donbass region. They're not trying to progress this war. If they wanted to seize Kiev and take out Zelensky, they absolutely could in probably less than 12 hours. Uh, But they haven't done that, and it's... It's been instigated to the point where NATO involvement is almost imminent. And, you know, U.S. Air Force General just came out this last week and was talking about how U.S. military uh, munition supplies, our, our shells, our, our small arms munitions, our rockets, all these things, missiles, um, are down to the lowest levels than they've ever been um, in, in decades. And this reminds me of what Bill Clinton did to our military in the late 1990s, right? Right. So we are coming up to a very, very crucial, critical time again. I'm going to repeat that because our military has been compromised to a very large degree. Now, I, I definitely have faith in our warfighter. I definitely 
you know, have uh, support and faith within our, our servicemen and women um, and their ability to do their jobs. Um, I know that we have high-level technology that can fight kinetic wars these days. But it's almost as if there's preparation being made right now so that we could be at World War Three or four, depending on how you calculate these things, by the uh, by mid twenty twenty four. Now that's a scary thought, and I know that's a scary thought for everybody out there. But this is what they're pushing. This is what they're bringing us to. Um, you know, Vladimir Putin, he has taken back over control of his government and his military. Um, he's a strong leader. He's a great military leader. And uh, the United States absolutely hates that. The deep state absolutely hates that. And uh, Joe Biden, I mean, it's almost as if they're getting ready to push Joe Biden out the door or off the ledge. I don't know, one of the two. And, uh, you know, bring someone else in like Gavin Newsom. Mm -hmm. Either way, we're seeing the unraveling of a massive global conspiracy of a push towards the world to a one world government. And before that happens, the United States has to collapse and Russia has to go down in flames. And everything is being prepared to make those things happen specifically. The other side of the house is the economy. You know, looking at the economic news right now, I I talked about this a little bit last week. The major countries in the world are pulling all of their gold out of strategic reserves. This would be the London Metals Exchange. This would be the Perth Mint. This would be other central banks, IMS, so forth. They're calling all of their gold back. When do countries do that, Jim? Because <laughs> right before everything goes... They do that before coming. war. Yep. And the reason they do that before war is because they don't want another country having control over their assets. And the fact that that's happening right now should be like a warning sign to everybody out there. And, you know, we're we're moving forward right now in this world. There's a lot of things coming forth. And, um, you know, with my my shows, my radio show and and the podcast, I tend not to focus on the small detail-oriented things, right? Mm -hmm. People are talking about the sound of freedom. People are talking about this or that. And, yes, those are important topics, a lot of those things are utilized as distractions. You know, Jim and I have been studying this stuff for a long time. Uh, the sound of freedom, that's, that's nothing new to us. That's stuff that we've right. been talking about for, for decades, right? And for some people, it might be new, and it might be a shocker, and it might be a wake-up call. But for everybody else who's just focusing on that on their shows, on their podcasts, on their news broadcasts, um, that, that, that's a distraction, and it's a distraction from what's really going on, is that a group group of globalists are hijacking this planet right now. They are in control of the financial, they are in control of the militaries, they are in control of the politics, and they are calling the shots and leading the world down a very, very dangerous road to totalitarianism, to war, to economic collapse, a wealth of transference. And we have to be more vigilant than we've ever been before with everything that is about to occur within the next 12 to 18 months. Now, do I expect some type of black swan event? Yes, I do. 
do I think that that a Black Swan event's going to be natural or man-made? I think that it's going to be man-made, but I expect it to be natural. Something of a nature right. of a solar flare, uh, you know, a, a massive tidal wave. I don't know, a grid attack, cyber attack, an EMP, a nuclear war. I don't know what it's going to be. These people are sick. That's the one thing that's for sure. True. Well, what, what you know, when you said natural stuff, I mean, you're saying there's a net, the, the, their attack, but natural attacks. It's, it's the idea is that the, we know that they've been using the DARPA or the HARP effect to create what the Turkey, we forgot about the Turkey uh, earthquake already, where they had this huge uh, thing that killed people in Turkey. But we're seeing these things where they're using these things to have earthquake Earthquakes where there was never earthquakes before, where there's no fracture zones in the in the Earth's crust. This is a this is where the, I think they're going to exacerbate what is already there, but then also add their little taste or their flavor to it, right? So you have not only a natural effect, but then it's a really bad natural effect. Does that make sense? Right. Well, one of the things that I also um, discuss on my podcast is that it, it's not going to be just one single event. It's going to be a series of events over a period, short period of time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be boom, 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 boom. Like one day you'll have like a, a massive solar flare that'll knock out electricity. Then you're going to have a cyber attack because the, the, the computer systems were compromised. Then you're going to have, uh, you know, war break out or a terrorist attack. It's going to be a series of events that are going to cause one singular black swan event. True. Yeah. And the big thing is we got to be careful not to fight each other because one of the greatest ways to do this, though, is to create controversy between us, right? So if we do the whole, you know, we start fighting with you in the circular firing squad where we're shooting at each other, trying to take each other out, that only makes the situation worse and we don't recover as fast as we should. I think the greatest, the greatest fallacy of going on in the conservative movement or in those that want to, you know, go back to, you know, simpler times um. Well, I just completely had a <laughs> just completely had a brain fart there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I just oh. I was going down that path of of conservatism, and then I just totally lost what I was thinking. Anyway. All right. Welcome to. Uh, hey, it's a brand new day. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Gosh. What did I? What was I just talking about? Oh, what was I just saying? Well, I I don't know what you were just saying, but I think I can oh. tell what you're going to say. Is okay. That- go ahead. The stronger that this movement gets, the more of a threat right. it becomes to the global establishment. And the more of a threat it becomes to the global establishment, the harder they're going to work against us. Whether it's misinformation, disinformation, propaganda, infiltration within our own movement, like I've been talking about, and all of a sudden we're seeing Democrats move over to the Republican side, um, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Right now, what we're seeing is that. They need to stop Americans from holding on to their values. That's really what it comes down to. Right. No, absolutely. Well, and they will target. Oh, and I was going to say that that, that we have we have this great movement of people that want to do a lot of great things, but the the weakness that we have is fighting each other. We don't need to fight each other. Fight the Chinese. Fight the enemy outside of us, not inside of us. All right, we'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight Show. Jim, I just came right. across this news article, and it's quite alarming. Uh, okay. 
It's called the birth strike. People are refusing to have kids because of the fear of ecological crisis. Well, what? More of the younger generation has decided to refrain from having children because they don't want to bring a child into this world of which could suffer from the outpouring of climate change or actually contribute to climate change itself. That, yeah, that doesn't sound real. I've got an uncle right here in front of us says top science, top climate scientists say there has been a cover up that the, the Earth's temperature hasn't changed in 15 years. So which article is accurate? <laughs> well, you know what? My guys say there's no change. Your guys say don't have babies. So <laughs> who's well, the you, right you know, one? You know, you know what's accurate is that um, there's been a depopulation agenda for a very, very long time. And these mm-hmm. people are very um, outspoken about this depopulation agenda. And right. what they've utilized is psychological warfare on a younger generation to stop them from having children. And then they've also wow. chemically castrated a lot of them. I think it's That's up to 18% true. in the sense of the, the trans community. And not only that is they feminize them with glyphosate within the soil and the plants and uh, the various different hormones and chemicals that go into the foods. And, um, you know, we are living in such an incredible time of corruption, right. of deceit, of of treason, of, of genocide. I just can't believe that this stuff is allowed to just continue to go on it, without people just being completely accosted at, at these crimes. I mean, you know, think about the, the last election, the 2022 election, when All people right. knowingly watch these elections get stolen again, again. Right. And what do we do? We're going to follow the legal process. We're going to we're going to follow the lawsuits. You ever notice the big politicians out there? We're going to file the lawsuits. They never do. Yeah, they, they never they do. Never well, do. they collect money saying they're going to, but they never do. Well, and don't get me started on Trump. He collected over 200 million dollars for lawsuits from 2020 and he never once used any of that for a lawsuit. So but there's a lot of psychological warfare going on in that time. And one thing that the deep state did during the 2020 election, mm-hmm. and I don't know if people caught this because a lot of people in my movement, our movement, won't talk about this, is that they made it look like it was something it wasn't. Okay? So it took, yeah. us, it took us a year later to figure out what really happened during the 2020 election. And that was basically they stole it with manufactured paper ballots. And that the whole machine thing, remember the whole machine thing? You had uh, the, the two generals coming out, Valali and um, oh, yeah. they all came out when they're like, oh, well, you know, it was uh, satellite relays from Italy to the Vatican to to Venezuela. And, and this is what happened. And they used this, uh, you know, the hammer and scorecard. Well, that was that was the bait. That was the bait. They put that and then someone showed up to Mike Lindell's. Um, um, office and dropped off 10 terabytes of data proving that the election was hacked through the satellites, right? And so that was the narrative that was pushed forth, and that's what Trump actually ran with because he trusted the generals. He trusted Mike Lindell, and Mike Lindell was bamboozled. 
Everything he had was absolute garbage. They set Mike Lindell up because he was gullible. And I'll be honest with that because I know the man who went in there to claim the $5 million prize looking at all the packet data who said that it was like a whole um, Los Angeles um, Dodgers baseball game on there, that there was no packet data from any election data whatsoever on there. And that it was all a scam. And that's why Mike Lindell won't release it. And that's why he won't pay out the $5 million. That's why he's being sued because they set him up. And that means that they set Trump up. So Trump's initial approach that this is how they stole the election. That's how he wanted to go after it. That's why it all got shut down. And that's why the lawyers basically looked at him like he was crazy. That's why um, you had Sidney Powell. Um, he had, He basically appointed her special prosecutor. And the next day he removed her. Because he was showing that that's not – if they stole the election, that's not how they did it. And that's why they all deny that the election was stolen. They didn't do it through the satellite uplinks like people are claiming. Okay, right. They did it with paper ballots. That was the distraction. That was the sidecar to make you think that that's what happened and discredit you down the road. And that's exactly what they did. It was a massive psychological warfare operation. They They – People were expecting that to happen. They put the information out there. They took the bait. They ran with it in the conservative and conspiracy community. And eventually what happened is they got away with it. They got away with it because we didn't see the PSYOP. We didn't expect the PSYOP to be ran so well. We didn't expect, you know, two former major generals in the intelligence community who are in the conservative movement who are always on Fox News to come forth and say, this is how they did it. Yeah, where are those people now? I haven't been hearing anything from them. Why? Because they knew they were wrong. They knew they were played. They were given false information. Where's Mike Lindell on all that packet data? Up, oh, not saying a word about it. Won't release it. Why? Because now he's being sued for billion dollars because of what he said after being given false information. That was all planned to completely discredit these people. This is how we know that that's not how they stole the election. But that's how they did it in Brazil a year ago with Bolsonaro and overthrowing him. Right. So, well, same you thing know, they did with the election to get Zelensky in uh, in Ukraine. Same exact yeah. systems. Well, and so when we look at this, what we're seeing here is that Donald Trump was played. Mike Lindell was played. A lot of these people were played. And so, you know, for Donald Trump to take – what they wanted to do – is they knew that if they stole the election in 2020, right? They knew if they stole the election in 2020, Donald Trump would take some type of action. He, he wouldn't right. let it move forward. But the fact that they set him up in the sense with the information, with a fake stealing of the election, with a fake uh, satellite uplink, was something they knew was completely unprovable, which was nothing more than a disinformation campaign, and Trump took the bait. That's that's why he couldn't do anything. Does that make mm. sense now? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I get it. Yeah, and that's why he couldn't do anything. He was helpless. And see, this is the thing. is They're going to continue to do this each and every election. Every election we move into, 
they're going to continue to psyop us. They're going to continue to feed disinformation into the feed. And you're going to get a lot of influencers out there who are doing nothing but blowing smoke up your butt with information telling you that, oh, don't worry, you know, go grab your popcorn, put your feet up. Oh, oh, Trump's in control. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, we already won this war. It's all lies. It's all deception, people. Is that right now you need to be more vigilant than ever. You need to be on your guard more than ever. You have to expect a psyop at every angle. Never believe or trust anything anybody tells you, no matter who they are or what authority they possess or profess, unless you can be- tr- unless you can prove it with your own research, your own investigation, your own inquiry, and through your own volition. That is just the truth in the matter. You know, during the 2020 election, we were reporting on all types of stuff. But what we were talking about is we don't know, but this is what we're hearing. That's what we were reporting. And I was covering the uh, the 10 million ballots that I don't remember. People remember this in in Pennsylvania during the 2020 election. This was only a days after a gentleman was arrested and in his garage was found boxes of ballots. When they investigated the man, he had connections to the mob and he was posting Craigslist ads and he was filling ten dollar he was paying ten dollars per ballot filled out. And he had a group of thirty to fifty people at his house just basically filling out ballots for Joe Biden, just circling Joe Biden and signing the ballots. That's all they were doing. And they did three wow. million of them in like a two week period. And he got arrested. And this was they knew about this. And, and what happened is the attorney general in Pennsylvania took it to Bill Barr. And Bill Barr said, send this over to my guy here and don't invest. It, let us investigate it. Right. And nothing ever came of it. Nothing ever happened. That was clear indication of voter fraud. But that's what we were. We recovered because we understood that that's how they stole the ballots. You had the printing oh, yeah. company. That sent 5 million ballots from Arizona to Georgia. Why, why is Georgia printing their ballots in Arizona? They're yeah. not. You had a, a, a semi-truck tractor trailer that was going through New York State that had Pennsylvania ballots in it. Damn. And he it's gets... Right what, what happened? Yeah, he pulls over and leaves it there and... Uh, something happened. They wouldn't pay him or something for the delivery, so he blew the whistle on it and he came forward. Oh yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, forget about that. Your your ballots aren't coming from other states, people. But th- that's three indications right there of millions of ballots in swing states: Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Georgia, and Arizona. That those elections wow. should have been overturned for because of that, but because of the disinformation. Because of the disinformation pertaining to the electronic voting systems that was utilized in 2020, do they steal steal elections with ballots with uh, with electronic voting systems? Absolutely, they do. And, yep. and you know, they got caught in Arizona. They they did use them in Arizona because the turnout for Trump was so heavy in Arizona that even the paper ballots couldn't work for them. And wow. they got caught in Arizona, but they were able to cover it all up. And what happened is. Uh, the, the one guy of uh, the, the ninjas, uh, the, the tech ninjas or whatever, he got really, really sick with COVID and almost died. 
You right. know, it's like every person in there that was a star witness got sick and almost died. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. Magic. It's magic and all that happens. Magic, I say. It's magic. Well, magic. Um, well and I know. Yeah. I don't know about how magic it really is, except for we know they have ill intent for us. But that's what, I mean, that's the demons we got to fight, right? It is. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. And uh, Jim had to step away from real quick. And you know one thing that we can't have here in this movement, what's happening, is infighting. And sometimes the wrong people get elected. And I've called this person out for a very, very long time. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I looked at as one of those candidates a few years back that was coming in that was going to infiltrate our movement. And, and she was nothing more than a, a, an opportunist looking for power. And once she got it, she would turn on everybody. And guess what? She's become exactly that, Marjorie Taylor Greene. But now we have this, this fight brewing between Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lone Boebert. Have you heard about this, Jim? Huh? Which, who is it again? Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor, Marjorie Taylor Green, and Lauren, Bo- Lauren Bobert. Oh yeah, I saw that coming a mile long. Yeah, yeah, they are literally but- almost fist fighting every time they see each other. And <laughs> Lauren Bobert's mad at her because she sold out MAGA, and you know she's uh, Kevin. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is kind of like her man on the shoulder boyfriend that's behind the scenes type deal. Uh, but she sold out to the rhinos. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, you, you know, you can't have you can't have those two type of personality almost in the same room. It's kind of like having two Nancy Pelosi's. They just suck all the oxygen out of the room. Yeah. What? Well, yeah, how? Well, how do you think it's gonna? Do you think how's Boberts and um, uh, Taylor Greens? Where? What is their? When's their election coming up? Is it next year or is it off year? Well, they're congressmen, so it's next year. Yeah, it'd be next year. Um, every two years for for congresswomen, congressmen. Well, that's what I mean. But, is it presidential year or off presidential year? Sorry. Uh, it's presidential year. Okay. Well, actually, no. Bobert was. Uh, no, it's well, it's every two years. So it's every two years. Period. Um, oh. Yeah. So it's every election year. I thought Senate hat was every. Doesn't Senate Senate's, have Senate's four years? Senate's four years. House right. representatives every two years. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I, I don't hope that Marjorie Taylor Greene gets voted out. I don't know. I I mean, is there a better candidate? Maybe, but I think that what we're seeing right now is this dichotomy that is occurring within the Republican roots. We have the freedom caucus, which is about 20 to 25 members of Congress, which is growing every election cycle. And I think that Republicans need to get out there and start campaigning the run for office in 2024. They need to start going out there and and making the motivations that they want to be that next candidate. Because if, if we are able to actually take back some of these elections, this 2024 period, if the election actually happens, um, then we have a good chance of having that Freedom Caucus take over a good majority. Right. No, and that'd be great. I mean, but again, I think more people need to be 
I don't care if you think you know how to run for anything. I don't care if you think you know. I mean, obviously, the people that are in there don't know how to run for anything they're doing. They just run for office. I mean, go go be a, a, a precinct head or whatever they call it, a committee man for your local elections. Go go sign yourself. Guys, if you go to the New York State org or whatever gov website, there is a list of committees that have empty spots for Republicans and Democrats and independents. And go put yourself on it. And it's not hard to get appointed. Just ask to be put on the on the uh, on these boards. There are unpaid and paid board positions that are out there that, that do affect policy. But also, just go run for go run for office. Go run for dog catcher. I mean, the people that are doing it now obviously don't know what they're doing. So you got to be smarter than them. That's right, man. I'd run for dog catcher. Woof woof. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, you know, and we're in that time frame, people, where if you're going to want to run for office, if you want to run for office here in the next year or so, it, it's t- it's time to make that decision. And if you're like, well, you know, I don't know, and I, I would just say do it. I would just say do it. We need to get as many people out there as humanly possible. And Absolutely. I think that, you know, I don't know you, but I think you would be a good candidate. Why? Because you listen to the show, you're well-informed, and you know what's happening in the world. And so, therefore, your moral, your ethics, and your values are, are pertinent to what's happening in this country. And you are a critical part, a critical component to help change the direction of this country from demise to resurrection. I had a, one of the guys I have coffee with in the morning. I go to the same place for coffee uh, up on North Rock in Wichita each morning. And... The one of the guys that comes up and we were talking and he's like, well, hey, what do you think about this election? Which truckers, we have a mayor, city council, county commission, school board. These little spots are up, right? And it's just an off, off year, right? So this is the uneven years that we have elections for these mayor. It's really, I hate it. I hate the fact that we do this. But anyway, they used to have them in the spring. That was even worse. So Kansas had, especially Wichita, had spring elections when nobody was paying attention to that at all. But anyway, he says, well, hey, well, who do you think, you know, what do you think about the mayor election coming up? And I'm like, oh, well, this individual is going to win it because the establishment uh, expects them to win. This person's going to, you know, very popular and it's going to, you know, divide the vote. But that's really how it's going to go. And they're like, well, what about so-and-so? And I'm like, they're not part of the list. They're not part of the Cool Kids Club. And so we have Dominion voting systems and this is how the election is going to go. And they were disappointed. I'm like, well, that's that's how the establishment wants it. As long as they have these voting boxes, they can do whatever they want, and they pick their winners and losers a long, long time ago. So that's a real problem for us. So that's, it absolutely that for, is. But I can predict it in that way. It, it makes me feel icky inside. But that's what I know the establishment wants. Well, the, yeah, the establishment is going to do everything they possibly can to get their candidates in line because they know by doing so that. They can sway the American people into agreement of a neocon agenda. Oh, yeah. That's the truth. Absolutely. And we don't want anything to do with the neocon agenda. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Uh, we've had enough of the neocons with uh, the Patriot Act and George Bush and the Iraq and the uh, Afghan wars. Um, but the war machine is ramping up again. And you know what happens when the war machine ramps up, Jim? It's time to usher in the neocons because they're the, they're oh, the yeah. deep state aspect. They're the part of the deep state that uh, knows how to run that game and take freedoms away and do it hmm. in a very fascist totalitarian way. Well, yeah, that's and that's again, what, what was the what method for that fear? 
I was actually watching. I was I was watching part of the Hunger Games yesterday. I haven't really watched the whole movie all the way through, but there is one part of that where the guy, the big creepy guy, that you know, he's like, "Oh, you know, this is how you control the masses." You know, the only thing that's more powerful than fear is hope. And I was like, "Bingo, you're absolutely right." And hope does have a powerful message to it, but it can also be manipulated as well. So you got to be careful about how you deal in hope or you how you feel about hope yes we have the hope of being able to pull all these things together but don't give up because you have hope meaning that if you have hope then you need to move in the direction that hope is driving you if you want those free and fair elections then drive towards that participate in that be a part of that if you have hope that this or that then hope is a great thing but i was really really amazed how much of a parallel i saw between the hunger games and the crap that we're seeing in the news and the way they're manipulating us now and the fact that, oh, they're going to feed one district over the other because they basically, through human sacrifice, decided who got to eat more, who got to eat less. I mean, it was really kind of a, oh, it was a creepy little movie, really. Um, but the idea that they, they showed that in that little moment right there is like a little 15-second or 30-second quote that hope is an amazing, powerful thing, but it also can be used against those that want to have hope. So be careful of those things. Be discerning, right? Yeah, be discerning. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, you know, it's, um, it, it's a rough ride right now for the American people, and we just got to keep a smile on our face. We got to stay hopeful. We got to have faith in, um, you know, faith in each other. We have to unite at the all cost, and we have to push forward. You know, uh, Rome didn't collapse in a day, and I'm sure that there were people, pundits, within Rome that were yelling and screaming hundreds of years before Rome ever collapsed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look at the time that we're in now as a massive transitional period for our country. And that either way, whatever happens here, you know, we're either going to go incredibly totalitarian in the sense of world government, or we're going to save our country and come out with massive freedom, more than we oh, could yeah. have ever have expected. Restoration of the Republic. Yep. I'm open for that. All right, Absolutely. guys. Great. Jim Price is going to join you for the next hour. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. We'll talk to you then. There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show, your extended lunch hour on Mondays and Wednesdays. Thank you again so much for being guys for being here. For I am your host, Jim Price, and WYSL. That guys, this is the world we're living in, where we see these kind of things going on. And Josh was referring to so many things about voter integrity and those things. The sad part of it is, is that a lot of what we're we're seeing, 
We're not seeing these things on the news cycle that are really worth repeating because a lot of it's just, yeah, yeah, well, this happened, that happened. It's just the same old, it's the same old rerun. And there's really not a lot of new stuff coming. It sounds like we're saying the same thing. They're trying to eat you. You're trying to chew your legs off. They're trying to get you here. They're trying to get you there. I don't think people realize that this is, I'm so used to hearing these things. None of this stuff is new to me anymore. I'm hearing the same thing. Oh, we're going to go to war with Ukraine. I thought it was Afghanistan. Or was it Iraq? Or No, it was, it was, it was Syria. Oh, no. Uh, Afghanistan. No, wait. No, no, yeah, we already did that, Afghanistan. Iran. No, wait. We've already done it. Wait, uh, no, we're going to go to the United Emirates. Those are our enemies now. Oh, wait. We're going to go for... Well, you know, it's the Chinese. The Chinese are the bad people. Well, you know, we're going to save Hong Kong. Oh, stand Unite with Hong Kong. What happened to that whole movement? What happened to the movement of, you know, unite with Hong Kong? Oh, that's right. Well, that went way of what? COVID. So COVID allowed the Chinese to go in and dominate over Hong Kong, which is the largest financial center in that region. And they were able to go in and take that over. Now, I want to point out something to you for a second here, folks. What is the one thing that we keep referring to as China? I mean, what is it when we say China? What is it talking about their Chinese leadership? When you say Chinese leadership, I mean, this is where I don't think we all quite pay attention to this. So let's do, I'm going to do a little bit of, um, a little bit of talking while I'm looking this up. The, uh, when we think about the, um, oops, I was uh, mistyping here as I was doing this, going around the microphone. So I wanted to go and talk about like what it is that, um, we do here when we think about China. I want to th- I want to talk about China in a way that you're not thinking about China in the way that you should. Now, what is the one thing that we keep talking about when we say we we want we want to talk to one of their leaders? When we talk about you know Xi Jinping, right? Xi Jinping is X I J I N P I N G. Xi Jinping. Um, this is the guy who is the, the president of the country, right? But remember this, though. Xi Jinping, Mr. Xi's power comes from uh, him being the general secretary of the Communist Party and the chairman of the Central Military Commission. Now, are you, are you picking up what I just said there? Mr. Xi Jinping, Xi Jinping is um, he's the president. But see, he was the, also the general secretary of the Communist Party. What is, the, what is that? The CCP? But he's also the chairman of the Central Military Commission, CMC. Now, why is this important to talk like this? Because when you think about our leadership that we have, because we're a democracy, and everybody keeps using the word democracy, and you guys keep ringing it true over and over again by talking about your leadership, the people in power over you. This is a constitutional republic. They are our public servants, and they should be held accountable for their wrongdoings, according to their master, who is us. And we don't like using these slave terms because we've been conditioned to believe slavery is bad, except we live in the most complicated slavery systems that you've ever seen. The slave planet that we have actually created for ourselves, the slave, the prison system that we have, I am I'm ashamed of us as Americans, as as people, as as a people, as as human beings across this globe. Now, what, the reason I'm saying, I, I, let me go back. Let me finish up the Xi Jinping thing real quick here. The Xi Jinping. 
this guy, when they talk about our 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 public servants going over to China, like Janet Yellen, Miss Fed Reserve, yeah, when or Treasury, whatever, I can't remember what she is. She just has something to do with money, and but it's all fictitious. She said she was going over to China to visit with the Chinese Communist Party, and people don't pay attention to that. Because they refer to the people in the Chinese Communist Party as as if they are the elected. They are elected officials in China. And yet we're not picking that up. It's as if people are going in and talking to the chairman of the DNC. So when China comes over here, they're talking to the chairman DNC. They're not talking to the president of the United States. Or they're not talking to our representatives or our senators. They're not talking to our governors. See, this is the part where I think that we miss so much of this, where we run past that the fact that a cool kids club, an organization, just a standard community organization, the Chinese Communist Party, hey, you guys want to come to the Chinese Communist Party? Oh, you know, what's-his-face down here has got 12 people meeting in his garage. It'll be a big thing someday. You'll see. I'm not going to that Chinese Communist Party. That sounds like a failed system. Who wants communism? Well, this is what we're in with, guys. I don't think you guys pay attention to a lot of the things that we put titles on and a lot of things we put emphasis on because it's really what they put emphasis on, and now you have created the power within the Chinese Communist Party to say that they ultimately run China. Well, they do now. See how it worked? Good job. Good job, folks. So you guys were able to put enough emphasis in the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, to where they run everything now. And if you're not part of the CCP, you're not complying. If you're a Muslim in China, you'll be put, you'll be labeled as a Uyghur, and you'll be put into a concentration camp or a re-education camp, as they call it. No, that's their words. That, I'm not kidding you. By the way, there's a million Muslims in jail and re-education camps alone in China. Now, even with a million people in a Uyghur camp, which happens to just be a work camp, hmm, magic, that that same camp, even though there's a million people there, a million people, a million people. China still does not incarcerate at the same level that America does. So who's free? Who's actually running what? What labels do we want to give everybody? Let me give you something why it is so... I, I used to remember when someone... I, I hated the idea because it was always that guy, you know, like that quirky little guy. Hey, man, when you point a finger at me, three are pointing back at you. You know, you remember that, right? Everybody says this thing. You know, when you point, you point a finger at somebody else, there's three more pointing back at you. Well, the sad part of this is, is that, that that's absolutely correct. But we don't talk about it in that way. We don't allow those analogies to be useful in our daily lives, right? We always think that somebody else, somebody this. Oh, we don't want to use these catchphrases. And the sad part of this is, is that there's so much right in front of us. And ha- we have the opportunity to be able to use the right words in the right way, be the right people, but we don't. We don't. We don't use the words the way we should. We allow for them to say democracy. And Nancy Pelosi, this is why you guys should be, you should know what the, the, the word for democracy isn't what you want when Nancy Pelosi says, listen, listen to me, we're losing our democracy. <laughs> I gotta get some more vodka, or whatever she says at the end. See, this is the problem, guys. They have given us all these tools to understand what they're really about, who they really are, what's really going on. But we don't really take, we don't talk about it the way we should. Does that make sense to you? Like we, when we think about how China has got all this power 
only because we keep saying they do. We keep saying there's 1.3 billion people when I think there's only 650 million there. We keep saying they have this really huge military when we know factually they don't. We know that they cannot reproduce anything that Americans can do at all at the same quality. Now, guys, I get I get that you know the iPhone is assembled in different little Foxconn buildings and this and that across China. But it also took Americans saying that certain specifications had to be met for them to be able to get the iPhone made or the Samsung flip phone made or the Samsung tablet or phablet or whatever it is made. Guys, I don't think we realize how amazing we really are and how we have made something bigger than what it should be only because we've allowed them to misuse words. If China is going over to meet with the Chinese Communist Party chairman and the the chairman of the uh, what is it uh, what is the other thing the Central Military Commission these are cool kids clubs these are just event these are clubs that got big enough to control the government and so when I say that you guys have the power to do things you have the power to well start using the right words use the word legacy media. Okay. Make sure and use the word constitutional republic when you talk about our country and demand that we are not a democracy. If the pedo-in-chief can remember the word democracy and that we need to protect and maintain the democracy that we have, guys, listen, that's how ingrained that is into them. If even that guy can figure out how to re- remember to say it over and over again. This is where words have meanings. This is where you have to pay attention to what they've placed in front of you as saying that these are power figures or power groups or things that run this country. I don't think China has everything it says it does. I don't think China has the ability to do what it says it can do. Every time we see China do anything, every time I open a China product from China, I'm really disappointed. Why is it when I can see that a ladle made in America is made of real stainless steel of high carbon content and is a thicker gauge steel than the China one that isn't high carbon steel, stainless steel, and isn't, it's flimsier and it doesn't last as long. Why do I see the American one being thicker and made of real stuff? Because it is better. Because we know what junk is. The stuff that China keeps making is just trash. If we go back and we start digging through all the stuff that's in our dump, You're going to find out that what you're going to find that's in the trash that is broken over and over again is China junk. But we don't talk about it in that way. We keep thinking that they're powerful, they're amazing, they're strong. But are they? No. You are. All right, guys, a commercial break coming here with Dark Delight Show. We'll be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show, guys. Thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Jim Price, in the second hour of your Dark Delight Show on Mondays and Wednesdays. Now, I wanted to read this article. This is actually kind of, I was just looking at, you know, an article that talked about Xi Jinping and what his, you know, his position is. Now, he's 69 years old. By God, he's an old guy. Um, let's see here. This is kind of interesting, and, and it gave us a little bit of a background on the Chinese Communist Party chairman, but also the president. Remember, they used to have they used to be different people. But anyway, we'll go on here. It says um, it was talking about how that uh, Mr. Xi had solidified his rule of China uh, as 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 reopened. Uh, he went to a zero COVID policy that was fueled anti-government protests. The country was also facing a falling birth rate that threatens its economic growth engine. 
Uh, ties between Beijing and Washington remain testy, recently highlighted by uh, allegations that China has been spying on U.S. with balloons. Yeah, whatever. And so the, I was just kind of reading through here how this how Jing has been kind of in that position only because of how he, he he's got everybody afraid of him. That everybody's afraid of him now. Uh, moving on to a little bit better uh, a better subject, something that will make you guys feel so much better about the world around you. Um, this is something that you got to think about is a little bit different. The war on amp appliance, the war on appliances continue. Biden imposes rule to slash coolant use in air conditioning units. Now, guys, if you hadn't thought that your air conditioners weren't already sucky enough, do you realize that the only reason that Freon ever changes an air conditioning system is because DuPont keeps lobbying Congress and the EPA to change what coolants are legitimately able to be sold in America? Now, that's the only reason that coolants have ever changed from R22 to 45 to 95, 29er, whatever it is they keep changing these. Guys, the only reason that, that the Freon ever changed out of your car back when it first started being put into cars, the only reason that that, the R12, I think it was, and R22, and then they went to all these other ones, the only reason that it ever changed in your car was not because of it's a pollutant. And it's not, by the way. Oh, yeah. They're lying to you through their teeth. This is absolutely the refrigerant that they're talking about, which gets super cold the higher the compression. So the higher the compression, the more energy it takes to compress coolant. Okay, That means that you draw more energy from your electrical grid or from your car. When you really compress coolant, it gets super cold. Okay, That's the whole idea behind it. But the formulation between what was originally... R12 or R22, what we used to have. The only thing between that and this is basically nothing. It's simply taking an isotope or a part of the molecule and breaking something off and putting something on that is super simple that they could suddenly call it or classify it as a different chemical. And then they tell you and all the other AC guys and all the other guys out there in the EPA, oh, we can't use that other stuff. It's abolished. And then DuPont is the only source, they're the only one with a patented coolant that can be produced on the market so they get a taste from every manufacturer, and then all you guys go out there and read and get new air, you know, air conditioning systems put in the vehicles and the new one on your house, and oh, your air conditioner has the old coolant. We don't, we don't have that anymore. We have to give you a whole brand new system. Here's a $12,000 new air conditioning for your house because DuPont has the patent on the old stuff, and the old stuff is no longer legal to be used in America. Guys, you are getting screwed over on your air conditioning systems in your car and in your houses, and now you even, again, your government's coming back in to reschedule what you can use in your house air conditioners and also your refrigerators as well as your cars. This is going to affect everybody. Let me read you the rule on this. More stringent rules that reduce the use of coolants used in most air conditioning units and other appliances in the name of fighting climate change is also next in line. The Environmental Protection Agency issued a final rule. By the way, I don't know if you guys realize this, but these are unelected officials, unelected people, unelected bureaucrats that have changed the rule this week and dovetailed into it with the 2020 American Innovation and Manufacturing Act, 
aim to reduce the production and consumption of such chemicals by 85% by 2036. Now think about this. They're saying that the the bother the refrigerants you guys bother to have now, which are super inefficient compared to the original R12 that we had and R22, those were amazing. It took very little compression to get them super cold. But we don't use those anymore because we use the less potent patented that's the, you know that's that's the less patented chemical because why DuPont holds the what patent on the new stuff and the old stuff is being abolished because it's highly pollutant and it's not it's just that DuPont doesn't have the patent that the patent's running out on it then when the patent runs out on the old stuff here comes DuPont on a push to put the new environmentally sound do you remember 20 15, 20 15 20 years ago maybe even 30 years ago i remember like oh we're going to the new refrigerant because it's so much it's so much more better than the other stuff and then the first thing the guys are telling me from air conditioning on the houses that we're putting in to the stuff in the cars are like this stuff is crap this stuff leaks out it doesn't hold its compression. It doesn't hold the cooling. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do, and it has to be it has to be hyper compressed. That means the inner, the the compressor has to work even harder to get it even even more pressure, even more pressure in the pipes. So it has to work harder, more pressure, so it gets more cool. The old stuff took low pressure and low energy consumption to get it cold. Now we have to have high pressure, high energy consumption to get it cold. Do you see how they keep saying, oh, we're going to lower it with this new environmentally sound coolant, but yet you're using more energy, you're using more gasoline, you're using more electricity because that's what it takes to get those at the hypercompression it has to be at. But this is what's happening. Now listen to this. The, uh, the to reduce the production uh, production and consumption of said chemicals by 85 percent by 2036. This aims to slash the use of synthetic refrigerants, hydrofluorocarbons. You remember those HFCs by 40 percent by 2028. So the next five years, three to five years, we're going to see them pushing a for uh, to slash the use of synthetic refrigerants. Now, here's the problem. What was wrong with the original one? Oh, it's not doesn't have a whole patent anymore. You can't patent that stuff, so that's why we don't let you use it in America. We outlaw things that are not patentable. Do you remember HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, things that have no patent on them that have been out of the patent sort, uh, 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 reinforcement for 50 years? That's why they want you on the going into the hospital and get intubated and then put you on chemicals that you know that actually you know drowned you in your own body. Why? Because those were patented processes. The intubation, the chemicals they gave you in the hospital, those are patented and they make big money off of it. They're not going to let you have that freedom of that cheap and easy refrigerant that gets super cold with low compression. They don't want you to have that. You got to go to the new stuff. Okay, the new stuff. HFCs are widely used as a replacement for chlorofluorocarbons, CFCs, and hydrofluorocarbons, HCFCs, and as refrigerants in most cooling systems, including refrigerators, heat pumps, and air conditioners. The said types of hydrocarbons are known to for having properties that deplete the ozone. Now, here's the problem. I thought that's what hairspray was doing. I thought we got rid of big bar hair because of the 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 accelerants in hairspray cans. See, the problem is, guys, is that they are absolutely full of it. We never had a hole in the ozone. We never had a limited amount of ozone. I, I don't understand this. I have two ozone machines in my house. 
I have one upstairs and I have one downstairs. And they run 24-7. Why? Because they make the house smell better. Because they keep the odors in the house down. Because that way you don't have that little musty smell in your house. And it's ozone. So I have two two 24-hour machines producing ozone in my house. And you think that we're running low on ozone? If we are, then why don't they have a great big ozone-created machine of their own instead of the harp that they do to try to create earthquakes and, and rainstorms and wind and hail and hurricanes around the world? Why don't they use their little harp or DARPA machines? Why don't they use those to create more ozone if that's what we're really depleting? And give us back the old coolant that did nothing to the ozone. I want my R12 or the R12A or 22A or whatever it was. I want the old stuff back. Because I'm going to tell you what right now. You put that back in your car, you got ice cubes hanging off your nostrils. Oh, yeah. You'd you be breathing out, and then the little, the little snot balls that get all frozen coming out of your nose because your air conditioning in your car is so intense. See, the problem is, folks, is that we've done a lot of brilliant things, but we're having to work really, really, really hard to use really, really crappy material because they keep outlawing the good stuff. See, the good stuff that you could put in your car called R12 or R22 or R22A or whatever it is they want to call it, the old, old stuff, you put that in today's cars, you're, you're, you're going to freeze out because today's cars are far more efficient and they do hyper-compress Freon, which means it's going to freeze you out. But we can't do that. See, I devised a little cooling system for my air conditioner in the backyard. I put a little sprayer, mister system on it, and I put a little low-voltage... Uh, valve on mine so that when the the power went to turn the compressor on outside in the little condenser outside it would mist water on it and keep the fins cooler so the compressor didn't have to work as hard because it was getting cooler faster so it didn't have to use high compression which means it wasn't using all of the power in the universe just to cool my house down See, the problem is, guys, is they keep telling you that they've got some new thing dangled. And I'm going to tell you right now, the old stuff we used to use was amazing. Just like castor oil, just like cayenne pepper, just like iodine, just like hydrogen peroxide. All these things heal your body, but they won't tell you about it. Why? Because you need the next pill. Well, we got the new. This is going to make you make your eyes bleed and your butt fall out. But yeah, you'll be fine. You won't have high, high, you know, high uh, blood sugars. This is ridiculous, guys. The answers are right in front of our face, and they're the old-school ways of doing things. There's not one thing that we are doing today that impresses me in any way. We have absolutely lost our mind to think that we should be going back to them and saying, Hey, government, can you tell me which Freon to use next? Hey, government, can you tell me which food I can put in my face? Can we do some more aspartame? Mmm, powdered antifreeze. All right, guys, a commercial break coming here at the Dark Delight Show on WYSL. I'm your host, Jim Price. Be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show. We've got a half hour left of your extended lunch hour here on Mondays and Wednesdays, so uh, you can be looking around for the boss to wonder where you're at here in a few minutes because he knows he gives you that two hours off on Mondays and Wednesdays to listen to the Dark Delight Show. Well, let me finish up this article real quick, and I, I know I kind of go off on these tangents, but you, I don't think you guys pick up what – we talk about bureaucracy all the time, and that's what this is. This is uncontrolled bureaucracy. This is absolutely the biggest ruse ever. Now, let me let me point out a couple things here, and, I got, and I'm going to rotate over to something that we all – it's all on our minds. 
I had uh, since the HFC phase down began January one of twenty twenty two. I don't know if you guys knew this or not. Did you know that your air conditioning freon that you have in your house currently and in your in your truck or car currently is now being phased out already? So you're gonna have to go to the new system. Whether you just if you bought a new system that was just let's say it's brand new, they got they just put it in Friday. You just had the first weekend with it. That system is antiquated. That's already old. It's the old stuff. Bye. Sorry, sorry your luck, because this is the EPA decided, a bunch of bureaucrats decided to do their own thing without any uh, consultation to you. And remember, though, the EPA was limited by the Supreme Court saying that they have no authority in your individual states. Then why do we listen to them? Because we give them the power. Because we just do. We listen to them. That's the problem. We just comply. So since it's been phasing down, the important production of HFCs has required special allowances. The EPA says uh, it, its recent announcement that the number of these allowances will experience a significant decrease. So in other words, they've been allowing HFCs to be imported and produced in America with some caveats, a little, little special set-asides. But it says right here, a significant decrease is coming. Moreover, studies have estimated that the HFCs phase-down could avoid up to half of a degree of Celsius of warming by 2100. Okay, listen to what I just said. 75 years from now, if you guys do this now, if you guys listen, okay, I know you guys are, some of you guys are in your, 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 your later years, right? You're over 50 years old, over 40 years old, over 30 years old. Now, 75 years from now, so basically when no one's alive, <laughs> You guys could probably, you know, reduce uh, a half a degree in 75 years. You, you'll keep it from moving up. See, here's the thing. It'll never move up a half a degree, so you'll never really see that it didn't move up. So good job on your work of sacrificing your livelihood and your, and your, and your ability to cool or maintain your house the way you want it. Good job on that. So half a degree Celsius in 75 years when none of you will be around. And the fact is that I just was reading an article, I just was during the show with Josh earlier. In the last 15 years, they have not been able to measure an increase in the global temperature anywhere on Earth. So the problem with this is, is that I have a lot of contradicting information coming from our own NOAA, coming from our own government, contradicting our own government. By the way, guys, you want to talk about contradictions. I'm going to go back to this one again. I want you to to pay attention to something. What is the throne of your home, right? What's the throne, right? Where is the throne room in the master bedroom? Where's the throne room in the house? Well, that's the uh, bathroom, okay? And one of the biggest fallacies, the biggest stupidity emotions that I have ever seen in my life in construction, I got my general contractor's license. I got my GC license in 1999, okay? In 1999, I got my GC license. It means I could build anything up to three stories and any other, in commercial buildings, uh, anything after three stories, I'd had to take another specialized test to do multi-story, which I could have, but I never did. Excuse me. But at the same time, I could build houses, I could build strip malls, all those different things. And I had already been in construction at that point for some 10 years already. And so, uh, hey, well, I got a call coming in. Uh, John, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Hey, yeah. sir. Yeah. Listen, uh, Josh was talking earlier about uh, some of the, the global warming BS that we get and uh, uh-huh. the, the fact that solar flares are really at their peak right now. Uh, I think uh-huh. I talked to you guys a, a week or two ago 
there's a there's an astronomer by the name of Dr. Stephen Cates, and he's been right. talking about the huge solar flares that are coming out of the sun, and we're going through a phase uh, until 2030. In fact, yep. there was a solar flare so powerful that happened uh, about five weeks ago uh, on the other side of the sun that was one of the highest ever recorded in history. Uh-huh. Uh, in any event, the fortunate thing about that solar flare was that it happened on the up, opposite side of the sun, if, uh-huh. which diffused a lot of the uh, detrimental effects on Earth, but it still has a lot of detrimental effects on Earth. Plus, what what they're going through right now, when I say going through, the, uh, the sun is going through right now, continuous solar flares. This is the real yeah. cause to... Global warming. Yep. Well, and remember, this is about keeping you poor. It's about keeping you weak, keeping you on the hamster wheel of debt that you got to replace everything constantly because they keep outlawing it. And, and the other thing is, you're talking about the ozone layer, uh, the ozone. And yeah. it, it, it opened up uh, 30 years ago, and supposedly it's gotten better because we've eliminated some of these uh, aerosols and that other thing. But... Uh, recently, uh, according to uh, Steve, Dr. Stephen Case uh, and some others that I've heard, the ozone layer is opening up again because of uh, the sun. The sun, right. uh, and a good indicator of that are the northern lights. In fact, I think Josh mentioned it earlier today. The northern mm-hmm. lights are really being maximized because of the protons that are being emitted from these solar flares, uh, the abnormal ones and the normal ones. So, uh, you know, you guys are hitting it right, right on. And, you know, I sent some emails out to uh, a couple Associated Press reporters over the weekend, Mm -hmm. and I've been doing this uh, for quite a while. Uh, Seth Borenstein, he's supposedly the climate uh, expert for the Associated Press. it's to the point where he won't return my emails anymore. He says, uh, i got to go get into reality about science. And I told him, boy, you're looking in the mirror, buddy. But anyways, I yeah. sent him out another email talking about this, uh, the, the solar flare and uh, uh, its effect on climate change and criticizing him and his uh, comrades that they mentioned, even if, they were partially right on man-made climate change. They mm-hmm. completely neglect to talk about the effects of the sun. Nowhere in any article that they write do they talk about the sun's aspect. And they, and, and they don't talk about the benefits of CO2 uh, through photosynthesis that produces oxygen and green right. plant life. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and imagine that they're they're going to go ahead and use this as something that they can create more money for themselves or more power for themselves, right? We're seeing that opportunity. Well, this this is our biggest enemy. Uh, the media, I mm-hmm. I've said it many times. Uh, it's not the Democrats. It's not even the left. It's the media right now. Unfortunately, the media is part of the left. But yeah, if if the media would report fairly. We would not be in this position at all. 
And I take the philosophy, I said many times, we have to attack the media, not physically, obviously, but we've right. got to ridicule them. Just like Saul, the Saul Alinsky, I bought Saul Alinsky's Rules of Radicals a number of years ago, and I read through it, and that's one of the techniques he uses, and the left uses all the time. They ridicule right. and ridicule and lie. You tell a lie over and over again, and it just uh, discredits the other side, and that's what we have to do to the media. Otherwise, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't think we're going to win the presidential election. When I say we, conservatives or Republicans, uh, right? And I think we're going to lose Congress, especially with this, this latest. They're uh, going to redraw the lines in Alabama. They're talking about Louisiana, uh, New mm -hmm. York State. Uh, it doesn't look good. It really doesn't. Wow. Well, no, I get all that, and that's a sad part that we got to be on vigil, right? So everything you're talking about is get back on your horse and ride, guys. We we cannot let these people win any longer. So we have to force the media to do their job again. And mm -hmm. at one time they did. When I you know when I first got interested in politics, actually, you're not going to believe this, Jim. When I was uh, right. uh, nine years old, I was in fourth grade in 1960. I used to call me and a couple other buddies. We campaigned for JFK. We would go house to house for JFK in Right. And uh, so uh, the media, up until maybe 25, 30 years ago, was relatively balanced. Relative. Uh, right. We've got to get back to that again. And the only way I see we doing it, we we can do it, is through. Uh, uh, attacking them, uh, ridiculing them, and uh, look what it, it worked for Trump, didn't it, in 2016? Right. It really right. Did. It, It's working for Trump again in that uh, he's got a huge lead right now in the Republican primary. So uh, Trump was the only politician I have seen in ever, really, who constantly attacks the media. Right. And I think the Republicans better get on board, or they're going to lose the House, they're going to lose, uh, they're not going to get control of the Senate, and they're not going to win the presidency. Yeah. No, I agree with you on those things. So, John, thank you so much for your phone call, man. It's been great to hear from you. Uh, don't hesitate to call in again, sir. Thank you. Okay, buddy. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Well, this is again. You know, the, the fight is ours to win. We we can get up and battle, and we have our, we have the victory. If we want to sit back and watch it and, and wait for the news tomorrow to tell us what happened yesterday, well, uh, that's great. And I use the analogy, guys. I, I used to play poker with a buddy of mine, and and I love playing poker. Love you know getting the cash games and stuff like that, and have always had a great time doing it. And I was this one friend. He's like, oh, I knew the cards you had. I'm like, don't ESPN me. Don't tell me what happened yesterday. Tell me what's going to happen before I roll my cards over. Tell me what cards I have. And anyway, so again, if you guys want to find out what the election happened yesterday, well, then continue to do nothing today. And that's how it works. Just don't do anything today. Don't worry about getting out there and being active. And it just will happen that, oh, I don't know, whoever gets selected is who's going to be your leader. Again, not your public servant. So be the difference makers, guys, in this time. And I want to come back. Uh, we do have a we, – I wanted to talk a little bit about your – your throne in your house, right? The throne room, what we consider to be the uh, one of the biggest parts of what we do in a day. And I want to talk about that and the inefficiencies of government. And then I want to talk about Jim Caviezel when we come back from our break here. 
there's some things that he actually talks about in real time that is a real threat. All right, guys, commercial break coming up. We'll be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm your host, Jim Price, the Dark Delight Show. Welcome back, everybody. I just wanted to finish up real quick. The, the, the biggest fallacy of all the things that we have in our house is low flow. I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing more detrimental to the water lines that come to bring the water into your house, but also the water lines that carry the waste and water out of your house. If you want smelly clothes, you want you want less than you know ideal situations in your shower and your toilet and other things. Yes, keep those low flow sprinkler you know shields in there. If you go into most of your your shower heads, you can pull this little screen out of the shower head, and it's actually that's a low flow screen. And then you take that out, and all of a sudden the shower actually wants to do something. Same thing with your kitchen faucet. Same thing with your bathroom faucet. Same thing with your toilet. Your toilet doesn't have a filter or a screen that slows the water down from coming into the toilet, but what it does is a little flapper has been designed to hurry up and shut down so only about a gallon or so of water goes into the toilet. You guys want to have a problem? Let the government continue to tell you you need low-flow toilets and low-flow dishwashers to wash your dishes with. Water makes things clean. Why would I want less water in my dishwasher? Why would I want less water in my clothes washing? Oh, it's going to help the environment. No, it's not. Actually, your sewer system has to put water into itself to maintain the flow of the solids to the house, to the processing facility. The processing facility then has to add even more water into it to process what you have because they don't have enough water. If we were just putting water in the system to begin with, we wouldn't have those situations. See, people don't realize that actually more water helps lagoons. More water helps the sewer plants. More water keeps things flowing in one direction, not backing up and having to have sewer repairs. This is the EPA. Along with the, like, like you just said, your guys' is free on what you have in your house, what you have in your car right now, is obsolete. It's gone, guys. So look forward to buying a new air conditioning system for your car. Oh, it's an adapter that costs $1,200. Oh, it's a replacement this. It's going to cost 1800 bucks. Look forward to those things. This is the world you live in. Now, I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about something real quick, and this is actually everything I experienced in my life. I've had some real verifying conversations and some guests I've had over the last couple of weeks here. Last Thursday on American Media Periscope, I with Jim, uh, Jim Grunvig and myself, we interviewed a, a, a lady who is actually doing a lot of work against the, the establishment. Okay, We're talking about the MK Ultra of our world, that we start being MK Ultra. It actually, you know the Biden... Or not Biden, but Obama actually made it legal to use MK Ultra on American citizens. So now it's no longer illegal. So you can't sue the government for for doing it, for manipulating with thought. They don't they don't have to be they can't be held accountable because they made it legal. They can do as much MK Ultra, much manipulation as to you as they want, and it doesn't matter whatsoever. So this is a, a lady who I've been talking to and, and different things, but this is what I want you to hear from all this. I've experienced this firsthand. I've watched the establishment come after me. I've had the no-knock raids. I've had the SWAT team in my house twice. Guys, I know this world that they're living in, and I want you to hear this because we've heard about people being suicided before, right? Seth Rich, the DNC uh, server guy who had all the DNC emails. Remember, he suicided himself by shooting himself in the back of the head twice. It's magic, right? Anyway, um, here's an interview that came across with Jim Caviezel, and I want you to listen to what he has to say. I I just saw this from Wall Street Silver, and it's got 4.7 million views, so let's just start there. It, It says, 
His days are numbered, referencing me. This is Jim Caviezel talking. I apologize if I didn't reference that earlier, but his days are numbered. So Wall Street Silver on Twitter says Jim Caviezel's days are numbered. They will make it look like an accident. He is likely correct. The CIA does this and is used uh, and it is used the blackmailing system to have control over high-level assets. Uh, Hollywood actor Jim Caviezel says CIA operatives uh, operates worldwide pedophile rings. Well, let me explain something to all of you in the world that think that I'm a little girl and I'm afraid of you. Okay, this is Jim Caviezel speaking. I'm not scared in the least bit. I gave. God brought me into to Hollywood to become an actor. He asked me to do that. He was my intel officer, the greatest God, the only God. He loved me enough to give me a purpose in life because I, I was the lowest of the low at that time. I could gladly trade my life to save these littles, these little ones, because the screaming that I heard was horrific. I couldn't sleep at night. At three in the morning, for whatever reason, I could hear it. So... Like David, I love my God. I love him so much. I will give my life for him. Do you understand that? My life is okay, especially if it saves these little ones. This is all Jim Caviezel still talking. So I want you to understand that they, that, you know, I'm sorry. Let me, I want you to understand when you try to do what you did to me, the passion of the Christ, change the world narrative, okay? You never scared me. You didn't scare you don't scare me now. So think about what he's saying there. He keeps referring back to this like like this fake person in the room, like he's talking to a ghost, like he's talking to some entity, right? You hear him using this language. It's the language I've used about my situation. I'm not suicidal. I am not I'm not distraught. I am not emotionally uh, uh, you know uh, unstable. I'm not thinking of anything of harming myself or harming others. I be- I love my life. I think things are great. This is what he's repeating out there because he knows what they do. He knows that the CIA and the NSA and Homeland Security and the FBI and all these three guys we use the FBI as like Kleenex of of law enforcement. And we got to remember that Homeland Security and all these other ones have all their little law enforcement groups as well, including now the IRS, who has gun-toting law enforcement individuals. See, it doesn't matter what your title is. is If you got a gun and the authority to kill somebody, I don't care if you're an IRS agent or not. You're still part of the government, and you can go round up people as many as you need to. We have tens of millions of people working for our government, folks. Tens of millions of people that work for your federal government, and you think that somehow it's just a couple people here or there? This is where we're all lost. This is where we're not paying attention. Let's say that uh, there's only 100,000 law enforcement individuals in the federal government. That's 100,000. That's a lot. But there's more. It seemed like a big number until I told you there was more. Guys, they're going after people like Jim Caviezel. They're going after people like Josh and myself. I mean, I, I was already given. They, I already have security lined up for when I go to speak in Michigan. I got to speak in Michigan here in about three weeks, and I'll be there with Jim Caviezel and others. And I was told I need security, that I because I'm speaking at the event and because I will be a part of it. They, they have already given me. They've already given me a briefing about it, and this costs money. This costs time. 
This costs effort. This means I can't just go to the bathroom. I got to like, oh, hey, guys, I got to go to the bathroom. Can you stand outside the door and, you know, time me? I mean, you know, you talk about, you know, you've ever thought about that. But the problem is, is why do I need security when all I'm trying to do is save this country and save a few kids? Why is America the largest consumer of child pornography on earth? Are they the consumer or are they the pinwheel? Are they ones bringing it in and pushing it back out? Is America really one of the largest consumers of child, children and humans? I'm saying children like boys and girls. Boys and girls both equally are trafficked. Men and women are equally trafficked in this world continuously. And why is America the biggest consumer of that? Because we have, we have the money, we have the time, because we have a really great thing going here. But when you've got a lot of time and you're not worried about surviving, you come up with some weird crap to do. If you're worried about getting dinner on the table because you haven't seen a, a wild animal to shoot in a while, you've got other things to worry about than your pronouns. Because you're worried about feeding yourself and your family. When you, when you haven't eaten or seen clean water or you're worried about the rain coming in and you're worried about what crops you've planted, you ain't got time to worry about whether you're going to put on a dress this Friday night and go out with the boys. See, this is where we have this, this we have it really good here. But at the same time, we've got to govern ourselves. We have to have that discernment in our side of ourselves that says that we're going to be different. So we're going to be different makers. We're not going to be part of this system. We're not going to be part of this evilness that's out there. And we can do this. But the sad part of it is there is an evil component out there that does want to kill us. That does want us to stop talking about this. Stop seeing the movie. They don't want you to be a part of the solution. They want you to go back to sleep and be the dummies you've always been. How dare you wake up? How dare you become part of the resistance? All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Part of the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price, WYSL. Thank you so much for being here. And we will definitely see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.